Hey, what's going on? New episode of Curry and Company is now available. Uh, I decided to uh, try and go platinum without any features again uh, on this week's episode. I got me, myself, and I. And uh, I'm going to discuss my favorite albums of the year so far. I have six of them. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Uh, I talk a lot. So why not just get into this thing? Uh, Yeah, go play that music. Let's go. What's up? Uh, like I said at the top of the podcast, uh, I'm doing this solo dolo again. So this is me going platinum without any features for the second time. So I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because music has been crazy this year. Let alone the summer. Summer is just a totally separate thing. But this year on the music scene, I know, you know, 2020, everybody was wrapped up in and everything with COVID and, you know, still is, and music wasn't really like coming out like that. So this year, everyone just like decided to empty out the clip and specifically in hip hop, it seems like every week we have a new fire album to ride to. So I went through the exercise of coming up with six of my favorite albums of the year. Uh, Now, you know, we've done a lot of catalog reviews so far. We did J. Cole uh, we did Kanye, and then coming up later this week, uh, we're going to do Drake. So that'll be a good time. And of course, those albums are on this list of uh, my favorite albums for the year. I'll briefly go over those, but you'll have to go listen to the previous episodes of Catalog Reviews to uh, get more of a deeper dive with those. I want to kind of focus on the ones that we haven't really talked about too much. So the list of albums that I want to touch on today uh, are Baby Keem's new album, The Melodic Blue, which came out last Friday. And this is September 13th for those who need time stamps to uh, realize what I'm talking about. Uh, I got Drake, Certified Lover Boy. Not really excited about that, as you can tell by my voice, but we'll get into that. I got Donda by Ye. I got The House is Burning by Isaiah Rashad. We got Gold Diggers Sound by Leon Bridges. Now, Brandon, Leon Bridges is not a hip-hop artist. You are right. You are right. But contrary to what people might think, I am a fan of other music. I do like R&B. And Leon Bridges is nice, man. That man be slapping. You put that. Uh, you put his albums on during a nice little dinner party, you know, a little game night with some wine and stuff. Like, it's definitely a vibe. And it's definitely something that you can listen to and just um, kind of melt away with uh, with the sounds of it. So I am including one R&B album in my list. Sue me. And again, this is my podcast, so I could do whatever the hell I want to. Cool. So lastly, I have The Off Season by J. Cole. Um, that came out what seems to be like a you know century ago at this point. But that dropped in May. Uh, so we're still living off the high of that album. So I got six albums here. I'll rank them from my least favorite to my favorite. And of course, rankings, you know, I love to do it. Um, I'll name a song that I like, a song or two that I like from each of the albums. So definitely go check it out uh, if you haven't listened to these albums already. Uh, assuming you did, because if you like the music that I like, 
Uh, I'm sure you've already listened to a lot of these albums. So, starting off with number six. Now, I know people are going to give me shit for this because everybody's on the wave. Everybody loves Drake, okay? But if you're really being truthful and if you're really being honest with yourself, Certified Lover Boy was not that great. Now, there was a lot of dope marketing that came with it, right? Drake put out the albums and each of the artists that are featured cities, um, you know, Kid Cudi's on Certified Lover Boy and uh, Lil Durk is on Certified Lover Boy and Future and so on and so forth. Um, so the marketing campaign was definitely dope. I mean, they broke into Sports Center and made it pretend like, you know, Drake hacked something. Um, to get his album release date out. Like, they did a good job of rolling it out, but I feel like because Certified Loverboy was always teased and talked about for, like, the last two years, um, it just kind of fell flat when you actually got to playing the album. Uh, like I said earlier on, uh, me, my brother, and Della will talk about Drake's catalog here later this week, and that album, I mean, in that podcast will will drop and you guys can kind of see what we feel about his career as a whole uh but certified lover boy is definitely not one of my favorite drake albums it's not like trash by any means and it's also not great it seems like he left some shit on the table as juan has said with other artists that we've talked about so that's coming in at number six for me uh the cuts that kind of uh stood out to me was champagne poetry in 7 a.m on brittle path uh, I just like songs where Drake is in his bag, and I feel like a lot of the songs that he had on this album were kind of just, like, too much, like, he was trying too hard, like, the way too sexy joint, like, somehow that shit's gonna get played in every club for the rest of the summer into next year, and obviously it was a hit when the original version of the song was made, and, you know, Drake flipped it and made it a hip-hop record. And as with any song, he can make any song big and, and successful, and I'm sure that will be. But if you really listen to the song, like, dog, you can't tell me, like, that, that, that's good hip-hop. Like, I understand if you're trying to go for that, like, pop lane or whatever. That makes sense. But I just know that he can do better. And it's gotten to the point where I just don't know if Drake has another gear and. Maybe he does, and, you know, maybe he has something in the bag that we just haven't heard yet, and, you know, maybe he'll drop something again next summer when everything should be, like, back to normal, normal. All right, that's enough on Drake. You'll hear more of it later on this week. Coming in at number five, I got Donda. Uh, Now, we did Kanye's catalog review a couple weeks ago. Um, He has 11 albums, and Donda's definitely not the worst of them, but... Donda also had a really good marketing campaign, marketing rollout. Like, Kanye had three listening sessions, two in Atlanta, one in Chicago. I went to the Chicago one. He was late as hell, as I said previously. But you can't tell me that his album's not, like, great. Now, I think if you cut the album to 12 songs instead of 26, I think it's a little different. The first 12 songs all slap. There's not one skip in the first 12 songs. So I feel like... If you cut that down, Donda's just viewed differently. And I also think, like with Yeezus, Donda will be viewed in a different light in a couple of years, and people will realize that it was a classic. 
now right now people not might not say that and you know a lot of people will say like well you know i want some cussing i like the old kanye um i just don't think that's gonna ever happen again so i feel like people just need to get over it um now i i do think that cuss words do add to hip-hop and sometimes they are necessary but a lot of times they are filler words and i thought it was pretty dope that he got artists to come on the album all artists that usually cuss and he got them to not do that and it all came together pretty well and of course kanye was in his production bag and he killed it production wise which he always does and that's you know his bread and butter right um his rhyming skills definitely are subpar and he has ghost writers which is known and that's fine because again production is his main his main thing but the songs that stood out to me on donda was believe what i say um it samples can't take my eyes off of you by lauren hill and that song just rides listen to it in the car it's a vibe windows down riding down Lake short drive for those who live in chicago uh, it's just a great record, and the way that he he changed the beat to um, go with his Doubt and Donda album, and the Donda sound is, was crazy, so definitely go peep that. And I love Remote Control. Now, the OG Remote Control had Cuddy on it, and that shit slapped. Uh, but of course, that didn't make the final cut, uh, but Remote Control with Young Thug is, is a good second place song, or second place version to it, I guess. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Great song. Uh, decent album as a whole I think it was better in, than Drake's album And people will forever compare Donda to, to Drake Drake's Certified Lover Boy Just because it came out back to back weeks Which is totally understandable I mean just like when uh, Curtis came out um, By 50 Cent and uh, Kanye dropped uh, Graduation In 2007 Which is wild to think about uh, Those Albums will always be tied together in the same way Certified Loverboy and Donda will be tied together, but we'll see which one has more of a lasting impression on the culture here in a couple years. Coming in at number four, we got my guy, Leon Bridges, Gold Digger Sound. Now, every album that uh, Leon Bridges comes out with is always a vibe. I went to go see him a couple years ago, uh, and... He had just dropped his first album. Uh, you know, they had River on that joint, Better Man. Everything on that song, on that album was great vibes. And it's just different, right? It doesn't necessarily fit into the R&B mold. It's more like a soul type of vibe. It's like, it's like the slower version of like a Silk Sonic 70s vibe. Like he's got the slick back hair. He's got like the old school, like Texas, Texas flow. And I think he just knows his lane, and he kills it in his lane. And every every song that he comes out with is always a vibe. And it, if you've noticed, like on any like TV show that's like somewhat sad, like All of Us, which is basically ninety percent always sad, which is why I stopped watching it. Uh, his songs are always like in the background, playing like in a romantic moment or a tragic moment. And to me, that just says that his songs are are great and really any any time. Uh, and this one's no different. So I think you should check out Magnolias and Show Enough. Show Enough, baby. Woo! Both those songs just put you in a vibe. So 
I don't know what you're doing right now, but you can stop this podcast and play those two songs and tell me I'm wrong. That's why Leon Bridges comes in at number four. Number three on my list of favorite albums of the year so far is Baby Keem. Now, for those who don't know who Baby Keem is, please don't ever say you like hip-hop because you need to know who he is. Why? Because he is the first artist that is signed to Kendrick Lamar's new label imprint, PJ Lang. Now, Baby Keem is the little cousin of Kendrick Lamar. And why is that important? Because Kendrick Lamar could basically give him the roadmap to to running the industry. Now, Baby Keem is not a second version of Kendrick Lamar. He doesn't sound like Kendrick Lamar. He has a totally different style and vibe to, than Kendrick Lamar. Now, when he came out with the Melodic Blue on Friday, um, and, you know, they had, like, the little chunk of, you know, description of the, what you're going to get in the album and kind of the vibe that, you know, he was going for. Well, I guess that's true on Apple Music and, you know, those who have Spotify. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't know why you have Spotify to deal with. But this podcast is on Spotify, so I guess I shouldn't talk too much in. Anyways, so the uh, Melodic Blue, he was going more towards, like, a Kanye, Kid Cudi, and Kendrick Lamar um, influence. Uh, and you will hear that in his music. Basically, all three. Uh, you can kind of see all three vibes on, on the album. And he kills it. Uh, he he knows what he's doing, and he's, like, super young, and it kind of reminds you of, like, a TDE feel. Um, so I'm sure if PJ Lang didn't exist, he'd probably be on TDE, and you can see that Cali TDE vibe, right? Now, obviously, this came out Friday, so it wasn't, you know, I didn't have enough time to, like, sit through it and play it, like, five times, but I've definitely got a good feel for it, and the songs that stood out to me was 16, um, which is at the end of the album, and that shit, like, it's got, like, kind of, like, a Khaled vibe, like, Khaled, like, the pop artist, not DJ Khaled, um, it's just got, like, that good Cali, like, sitting at the beach on a bonfire night, like, that kind of vibe, and then Range Brothers is just him and Kendrick Lamar just going back and forth, spitting bar for bar, kind of similar to Family Ties, but they just go another level with Range Brothers, it's it's insane. The wordplay is insane. Uh, you could definitely see that they have chemistry. Uh, you could definitely see that they're related. Um, I just think that Baby Keem's next. And you can see Kendrick Lamar kind of coming into form. So I would not be shocked if Kendrick Lamar dropped another album. Or another album. He didn't come out. He hasn't come out with an album in 14 years. Or in 14 years. Wow. Four years, but it seems like 14 years. Um, so I am excited for Kendrick Lamar to get back out here. Um, he definitely seems like he's fine tuning and, and he'll, uh, definitely make his presence known hopefully at the end of this year. And of course that'll probably be the album of the year when he does come out. All right. Number two is Jermaine Cole. Jermaine Cole. And it's the off season. Uh, you know, I did my first solo, solo episode going over J. Cole's catalog. And I think I think J. Cole knew what was going to pop off this summer. Like, there's way too many connections within the industry for him to not know that the summer was going to be the summer of Drake versus Kanye. Like, J. Cole came up under Rock Nation. Like, that's headed by J. 
Jay and Kanye got a connection. J. Cole and Drake are friends. Like, he just knew. So he's just like, you know what? I got off season in the bag. Let me get this off. Let me have my time. He basically ruled spring, came out in May, ruled late May into early summer, and he didn't disappoint. Um, I agree with what Juan said that you know he left he left he left shit on the table. Like we know, we know he's gonna come out with another album. He's he's laid out his next two projects. The off season was basically like an appetizer, and I think it's still killed. I still think it's better than Donda. I think it's better than Certified Lover Boy. And that's why I think J. Cole's, you know, number two under Kendrick Lamar for, you know, the best rapper of of my generation. And a lot of you guys may degree may disagree and a lot of you guys will point to the numbers that Drake does streaming wise and selling albums and units. You can point to that all you want to. But again, we're talking quality versus quantity. And I know I said that a lot on the J. Cole uh, catalog review, but it's just facts. Like, you can't tell me that Drake is a better lyricist, a better rapper than Kendrick Lamar or, or J. Cole. And, you know, we'll discuss that more later on um, in Drake's catalog review. But, of course, yeah, I got to take the opportunity to say that when it comes to mine. And the songs that I rock with on the off season, this might be a little different than what I said previously when I did the review, is My Life and Pride is the Devil. Now, if you haven't already checked it out, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, just might be a little lost on what's popping off in hip-hop, and, you know, I'm here to fill you in on that. So if you haven't already, go take a listen to the off-season and uh, let me know what you think. You know how to get in contact with me. Come on now. All right, coming in. At number one, it's Isaiah Rashad's House is Burning. Now, for those of you who are sleeping and those, and for those of you who don't know who Isaiah Rashad is, Isaiah Rashad is a member of TDE, Top Talk Entertainment. Um, he is not really an up-and-coming um, rapper. He's been out for a while. It's just... He kind of did, like, the Kendrick Lamar blueprint of, like, staying away from for, like, five years in between albums. His last album was The Sun's Tirade before House is Burning. But the main reason why he took off was because he went through some, you know, drug and alcohol issues. You know, moving to L.A., hitting the scene, got money in the pocket. And he talks a lot about it on his album. Uh, you know, he just fell into the wrong, wrong crowd and wrong area. And, you know, out of that came this uh, beautiful masterpiece. Now, a lot of people will not think this is the album of the year, and I get that. Uh, he's not, like, commercially as successful as a lot of the people that I might have named previously, but I think he is almost like an underground dope lyricist just waiting to pop. And I think with the departure of Kendrick Lamar leaving TDE to go to PG Lang and start his own thing, I think Isaiah Rashad can fill those shoes. Now, TDE is not lacking talent, right? They have SZA. They have Sir. They have Schoolboy Q. They have Absol. They have J-Rock. Like, they're, they're going to be fine. But 
it's hard to replace a Kendrick Lamar, and I don't even think like Isaiah Rashad should have the pressure of replacing him. But I think Isaiah Rashad and Kendrick Lamar have very similar vibes. Now Isaiah Rashad's from Memphis, so the way he sounds is a little different than a Cali vibe. But his lyricism is a one. His wordplay is a one, um, and you can't tell me that it's not. Uh, now Isaiah Rashad is probably like top five like my favorite rappers like at the end of the year when you know apple and spotify do like their most listens list and you can see what you listen to mostly this year it'll probably be isaiah rashad just calling it right now and that's cool because his album is a straight summer vibe now you if you follow me on instagram you've definitely heard or seen me um put what you said uh on my instagram stories that song is literally the song of the summer it's tied for me with with essence like both of those album or both of those songs are just so good. It's such a final, uh, such a summer vibe. It's you know chilling on a boat in the playpen, just having a day, and those songs come on. And literally, the vibe just changes. Um, what you said is is my favorite song on the album. Uh, All Herb is amazing. The story behind All Herb is amazing, so definitely read those lyrics when you listen to it. And the score featuring SZA and Black is also a vibe. Now, SZA is one of my favorite R&B artists, and any time that you put her and Isaiah Rashad on a song together, it's magic. Uh, they've worked together on all three uh, of... Isaiah Rashad's albums, they were together on Silvio Demo, they were together on Sun's Tirade, and they are together here on The House is Burning. And I think he's just getting started. Now, he's already mentioned in his interviews uh, during his promotion run that he will not be taking another four or five years off in between albums. And I think that's good for all of us, because... Hip-hop can always use more lyricism. And that's just something that I live with. And uh, my friends always give me shit because whenever I get past the aux chord, I'm usually either playing R&B or I'm playing uh, some hip-hop with some lyricism in it. And obviously there's times for that. And there's times to turn up. And that's why I never get past the aux chord. now, there were other albums this year that definitely stood out, like Nas's King's Disease 2. Um, Nas is just a goat at this point in time, and King's Disease 2 was amazing. So that would probably be number seven on my list if I wanted to include that. But I wanted to keep it short and sweet. And the one disappointment of the year, I guess, so far for, for music is the fact that silk sonic's album isn't coming out until next year january now so far like skate and leave the door open are all like summer jams so i'm kind of interested to see what kind of music they're going to drop in january right like if you're going based off the songs that they've already put out you would venture to say that it'd be more of a summer vibe but who knows i'm excited either way for those two to come out with something i mean you know it will slap either way but I just wanted to take the moment to recognize these artists, uh, especially the ones that may be a little bit more unknown. And of course, you guys know the main artists. Uh, Like I said, me and 
Della and my brother Steven will be going through Drake's catalog here in a couple days. So that podcast will drop soon. So you get a treat of uh, two episodes in a week. You're welcome. You're welcome. So just to uh, put a bow on it, my uh, top albums of the year uh, rankings so far. And we'll do this again. We'll wrap up the year with the hip hop, hip hop list, hip hop ranking of artists uh, to close out the year here in a couple of months. But so far through September, uh, I got Certified Lover Boy at six, Donda at five. Gold Digger Sound at four, The Melodic Blue at three, J. Cole's Off Season at two, and Isaiah Rashad's The House is Burning at one. Uh, Thank you for joining me. It's a quick 25 minutes, but I just uh, felt I needed to have this be known. As always, please rate and review the Curry and Company podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to follow me at underscore B Curry. We will see you in a couple of days. Thanks for listening as always. Peace. Peace.